Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafiyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachat Erevin Daf Lamed Tet Amud Aleph. About to take a look at the uh, final Mishnah in this, the third parak. Uh, continuing with the theme of um, Tanaim uh, and moving it into a slightly different direction. You know, Mer Rosh Hashanah Shayay Reshametit Aber. Let's say it's Rosh Hashanah. And you're concerned that the Beit Din is going to announce that the real day of Rosh Hashanah is the next day. So what do you do? Marev Adam Shnei Eruvin. So you set up two Eruvin, Vomer. Eruvin Barishon Lamizrach, Vashini Lamarav. Meaning, let's say that uh, we're talking about a Wednesday. And uh, <coughs> Wednesday might be Rosh Hashanah, Thursday might be Rosh Hashanah. So Tuesday afternoon you could put two Eruvin down and say, Me'eruv on for Wednesday goes east, my Erev for Thursday goes west. The opposite. Or you could say, my Erev is valid, just set up one Erev and say it's valid for Thursday, but for Friday it's for Wednesday, but Thursday it is not, and I am a member of the town, or vice versa. The Chachamim did not agree with this conditional phrasing. And another statement, which is, He can make a condition about a basket of fruit on first day of Yom Tov. Now, this is not Rosh Hashanah, this is regular two days Yom Tov. And you can eat on the second day, and the Gemara will explain how that works. And similarly, if an egg is hatched on the first day of Yom Tov, you can eat it on the second day of Yom Tov. There's, of course, a sugya that belongs at the beginning of Masachet Beitzah. And Chachamim, again, did not agree. Now, the last Mishnah, Ridosa ben Horkin Nasomer, The person who is leading the tefillah on the first day of Rosh Hashanah should say, So, first of all, you mention Rosh Chodesh as part of Rosh Hashanah. Second of all, you make a conditional and say, It may be today, it may be tomorrow. So, you say that in your tefillah. Grant us a respite, or however you understand hachlitzenu, on this day of Rosh Chodesh, whether it's today or tomorrow. And the next day you say whether it's today or yesterday. Again, did not agree with this conditional form. All right, let's take a look at the opening piece about the eruv, and let's figure out man lo hodula. Who is it who did not agree with Rabbi Yehuda? We had in the previous Mishnah, who made the Tanaim in the opposite directions, the Eruvin, said, we do agree with you about Rosh Hashanah, not Shabbat and Yom Tov next to each other, but the two days of Rosh Hashanah. In other words, the position espoused by Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah is exactly replicated by Chachamim uh, agreeing with Rabbi Yehazer uh, in the case of Rosh Hashanah. And Rabbi Yossi Oser, so Rabbi Yossi is the one who does not allow it for Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to Rabbi Yossi, and this is Rabbi Yossi's claim. Isn't, wouldn't you not agree with me, as we know from Masachar Rosh Hashanah, that if the Edim who are testifying that they saw the moon come in the afternoon, and they saw it the night before, that we continue to treat that day as Kodesh and the next day as Kodesh, which means that we're going to treat both days as Kodesh, and therefore you cannot make a Tanai on, say, which one of them is Kodesh or Eruv. It's split. 
And Rabbanan say, Hatam Rabbanan's answer would be, there it's not because essentially it's Kedusha Achat, as we saw in the previous Sugya, but rather we don't want people to degrade the first day of Rosh Hashanah saying, yeah, that may not turn out to be Yontif at all, and therefore to treat it lightly, and so therefore we treat both days as Kodesh. Okay. Next clause, the Yodam Rabbi Yehuda. So Utsricha, why do we need Rabbi Yehuda allowing us the condition with the two days Rosh Hashanah for the Eruv and the basket for Trumot? Yes, for Rosh Hashanah, if we have the first case, after all, in the Eruv case, you didn't actually do anything. You made a statement before Rosh Hashanah about the two different days. with the Trumot, the Mexican Tivla. It looks like you're fixing Tevo, which you really are. We're going to see how that works uh, in a minute. So, Rabbanan. Perhaps he would agree with Rabbanan. You can't do this on both days Yontif with a condition. and if we had the case of the Eruv and the Truma, there's no reason to make a Gzera. But when it comes to an egg that was hatched on the first day Yontif, saying it's Mutar on the second day Yontif, maybe we wouldn't allow it because that might lead us to allow uh, fruit that fell off of a tree or uh, liquids that are pouring out on their own, like honey coming out of a honeycomb. So, maybe he would agree with Rabbanon that it's forbidden. Therefore, we need Rabbi Yudah's position in all three. Tanya, here we go. What did Rabbi Yudah mean when he said you could make a condition about Trumotu Masrot? How does that work? Here we go. You have two baskets full of Tevel fruit. And it's first day Yom Tov. If today's really chol and tomorrow's really the yom tov, then I'm making truma, and you don't eat it. If today's the real yom tov and tomorrow's chol, I don't mean anything. And you designate which is the truma, and let it sit. What do you do the next day? You come and say, If today's really the chol, which means yesterday was yom tov, and yesterday I really said nothing, then you designate truma on it. If today is the real Kodesh, then I already took it, and then I mean nothing now. Then you could eat it. Right? So that's Rabbi Yehuda's conditional truma on the first day of Yom Tov, and then again on the second day of Yom Tov, and then you can eat it on the second day of Yom Tov. Rabbi Yossi Oser. Rabbi Yossi does not allow this. Rabbi Yossi Oser. We're going to go back to that line. The Rabbi Yossi would prohibit it. Uh, also on the two days of regular two days of Yom Tov, not just at Rosh Hashanah. So it sounds like Rabbi Huda's ruling was only about Rosh Hashanah. We'll see. Ahubar Tavya, there was a deer, the Atal Veresh Kaluta, the Itzid Yom Tov Rishon Galuyot. It was the first day of Yom Tov, let's say, seventh day Pesach, and they trapped the deer, and non-Jews brought it to the Reish Kaluta's house. Vishtachit Yom Tov Sheni, they shechted it on the second day Yom Tov. Nachman Rechista Achlu, so Nachman, the Reish Kaluta's son-in-law, and Rechista is Chaver 8, he refused to eat. I'm Rav Nachman. My What am I going to do for this Rav Sheshit? It won't eat the deer meat. It's a very good meat. He's not eating it. So why aren't you eating it? I'm Rav Sheshit. How could I eat it? The end of the previous line that we had, the Rav said that as an example, when you have, you cannot make a condition from one day of Yom Tov to the next. So, Amarav, oh my kusha, why is that a problem? Maybe Rabbi Yossi didn't say, but maybe the report was that he prohibited on the two days of Rosh Hashanah in the Golan. 
not just Neretz Yisrael. Hiachi shall galuyot, but golami bailei. Then the wording's wrong. It shouldn't say shall galuyot. So I ask you, my kushu, what's the problem? Don't mahachi kamar. Rechena Rabbi Yosi say isur shteim tovim shall galuyot. Kishteim tovim shor shashana the Rabbanan desharu. Maybe he treated the two days of galuyot just like the rabbis treated the two days of Rosh Hashanah and allowed it. So Ashkenaz Rav Sheshet of Rav Shmuel Amr leitani mar midi bekedushot. So Sheshet was kind of playing lay low on this, and he asked Rav Shmuel, "Do we have any teaching about kedushat hayom?" Amr leitani na modar biyosi v'shtemim tovim shogaliot. The Rabbiosi agrees when it comes to two days yom tov that you, what you that you could make a condition of one or the other and treat them as one kodesh and the other chol one way or the other. So if the tra- deer was really trapped on it was trapped on the first day. If the first day was chol, no problem shechting it. If the first day was kodesh, certainly no problem shechting it the next day, which is chol. So Rav Sheshit said, If you find midrash kolut, don't tell him about this because this will hurt my position. So Rav Sheshit says the whole story is different than that. That deer was not trapped. The problem was that it was outside of tchum before Yom Tov started. And the Goyim brought it in from outside of Tchum. Man de'achal savar, so Nachman of Chista, who ate it, held, Habab b'shvil Yisrael zeh, when something comes from out of Tchum, for one Jew, mutal Yisrael acher, any other Jew can benefit from it, just not the fellow who was brought for. It was brought for Ishkaluta, but they were allowed to eat it. Man de'achal savar, Rav Shesht refused to eat, didn't disagree with that fundamental point, but said, called the Atid Reshkaluta, when it comes to the house of Reshkaluta, it comes for all the students and all the scholars, because they're all there. So it's not just coming for Reshkaluta, the man, but for Reshkaluta, the institution, which includes all of us. Now, but what about the end of the other story in the first version that he bumped to Rabbi Shmuel and he quoted the thing about Rabbi Yossi and he said, don't tell them? The answer is, it never happened. Okay, I will leave the da'at to the mechuzah. There was some food that came to mechuzah. Nafak ravachaze dechmisha. He saw that it was uh, withered. What happened, it was in the marketplace on Yom Tov. And Rava said, you're allowed to go take from it. Because he realized the fact that it was withered means it got there before Yom Tov. And he says, and you're maybe concerned that it came from outside of Tchum? If something was brought from outside of Tchum for one Jew, it's certainly okay for another Jew to eat it. And this one was brought for non-Jews, because it was brought in the marketplace on Yom Tov. Then Rava saw that as a result of his ruling, they started bringing more than usual of this stuff from outside of Tchum, because they said, oh, we'll sell it to the Jews. Then he said, it's Asur, because now they're bringing it for you. There were some gardeners who cut uh, some myrtle branches on second day Yom Tov. Ravina was asked, and he said, right after Yom Tov, you could smell it and enjoy it immediately. You don't have to wait. You should say it's Asur, as a protection, because the people in this town are not B'nai Torah, and then they're going to think that if it's cut on Yom Tov, you could even uh, uh, smell it on Yom Tov, or if they cut it for you, you could smell it right afterwards. What? It's only because they're ignorant people in that town that you suggest that he asked it? 
And if they weren't, then not. It should be Asur anyways. Our general rule is, if somebody does Malacha for you on Shabbat or Yom Tov, you cannot benefit from it until you wait which means after dark, you wait the amount of time it would take to cook that meal or cut that branch or something. So, and Rava said, you're right, you have to wait How long is it? About four and a half seconds. How long does it take to cut a branch off a tree in order to make it available for smelling? Okay, we'll stop at this point. We'll take a look at the last Mishnah with Rabbi Dosa's interesting liturgical format uh, for uh, Rosh Hashanah. It's Mishnah Tet in the third parak. Uh, and with that, we will conclude our study of the third parak. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.